Function Room 39. There's been a breakthrough with TJ Hegarty. TJ Hegarty is the founder of Breakthrough Maths, an online maths tutoring company based in Ireland. We talk about small farmers not letting your father down, wanting to sell butter in the Far East, changing your mind and deciding to give up your job and not sell butter in the Far East, semantic memory, off-the-grid tutors, and where he wants his next breakthrough to be. Warning. Since both TJ and I are from Cork, this episode contains strong traces of Corkness. My name is TJ Hegarty. I own run an online math school called Breakthrough Maths. And we teach math grinds to children in primary school right through to children in up to Leaving Cert. And at the moment, I think next week, we're going to cross the barrier of having 2,000 kids with us every single week learning maths in small classes, learning every evening. Okay, there's not many people in the world can say their job title is I own and run an online maths school. So uh, the path to get there, uh, obviously, if, if it was easier, everybody would do it. How come? How? Why are you a, an owner and runner of an online maths school? Um, I can give you the corporate answer. Or I can give you what really happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they we'll do we'll do a corporate version for our corporate sponsors, the Saudi Arabian <laughs> Oil Company and Goldman Sachs. But uh, give me the um, give me the left field out there answer as well too while you're at it. Um, I suppose pure frustration and depression initially got me into it. I am a farmer's son, and I'm from White Church in Cork. And all I ever wanted to be when you, in, in school and carrying Navarre and going on to UCD was to work in like the Kerry Group or Glambia. That was my goal as a farmer's son to be off over to Asia selling butter, cheese, whatever they can, whatever they want to flying over on a, on a nice plane. And uh, that was the goal. And I did ag science in UCD, really enjoyed it, got great grades and did a great leaving cert myself. And I was flying it and then got into Kerry Group on the graduate program and I was delighted. I was elected. I thought this is going to be me. Loved the first year of it. And then I just started to itch. Mm. I just started to think I am so frustrated. I have so much to give here and I can't scratch the itch. I, I can't. I, I'm not able to make an imprint and, and to build and to make a mark. And I was teaching maths all along. I struggled with maths in school. I am not... I, I, I really found it difficult. And after leaving CERT, I started to teach maths grinds locally in my village in Whitechurch, in Blarney and Waterloo, just to make a few pounds for, for beer, to go to go uh, out in college. And uh, I enjoyed it. And I was like, I was teaching kids with autism, dyslexia, dyspraxia. People were getting top points, low points. Any age, I would teach them. And I... Uh, I still did that while I was in carry group and I'd sit at the weekends. I did for fun. And the last thing in my mind column was that I would end up owning an online math school. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. And yet from a distance, like the signs were there, TJ. Yeah. <laughs> if you were doing Jupiter this all along. Crossing, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> I totally, I totally recognize the, um, especially as, as a farmer's son and you're watching the, the products go out the door and you're seeing the big lorries and you're seeing the giant silos and you're seeing the branding and Ireland as Ireland feeding the world. You, you're like a, you feel like you can be a missionary of food and it's, you know, 
you're like Marco Polo, uh, tra- voyaging with, with, you know, on a on a voyage of discovery. That's intoxicating too, uh, but all the while your true love was <laughs> right under your nose. Like you feel like you feel like at that stage you feel like you're doing your father's legacy. Like you're you're, you're fulfilling. Mm. You're going full cycle. He's the product builder, and you're selling it and expanding brand Ireland, which which. Uh, is is pro is true, but when you're in the depths of it, oh, for God's sake, like yeah. you are, uh, you it's just a, it's just companies have to run like companies, uh, and Care Group is a fantastic organization. Really learned so much. Really like really admired the company, but it's just a company at the yeah. end of the day, and they they have to hit profits. And I was I was just fulfilling my 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 piece of the puzzle. But farmer's son, I don't know if people can relate to this, but the itch, like the urge to build and to do something. Like yeah. that's inherent in you, the ethic, the drive, like just get something going to be proud of something. It could be a game of tiddlywinks, but you want to be proud of it. Like, yeah. and, and also as a farmer's son, I, I, we were now, I don't know how big your father's farm, farm was. We were small farmers, so it wasn't necessarily in productivity, but there is that sense when you get up in the morning, there's a kind of a, well, what am I, what am I going to do today? Now you go out the door and that day there are certain things you have to do, but that day is your own blank canvas to print onto as well too, isn't it? I used to live in Stony Batter in Dublin and drive to Nace every morning. And uh, I used to jump up at half seven, jump into the car, put on these work clothes, these slack pants that I put them on. And I was like, these feel weird every morning and drive to Nace. I used to hit the traffic on, on the M50, drive into Nace, this massive car park and, and, and walk in the door and sit down on, behind my computer. And I was like, are you for real? I used to look around me. I used to look around me inside the office like, okay, okay. Someone stand up and just shout that this is all a game. This is not real. Like, this is not how I was bred. I was bred to like, get up in the morning, give it a go. You get shouted at and roared at, but you, you, you'd you build something and you'd see something at the end of your day. And I would drive back. I'd go through the Phoenix Park just to get a tiny bit of nature on the way back to Sony Batter and to touch base my roots. And that was the frustration I had. I couldn't see any tangibility to my work really yeah so so one thing one thing is like the creative urge or the urge to impact your environment and then the the medium the subject the thing that you express yourself through is uh maths but then you were saying you struggled with it in school is that because it was always like you know sometimes with maths uh it's a conversation that start that stops as soon as you go into the room. Like you're always that the concept you're trying to get has just disappeared around the corner before you get there, and you're missing some clue. What was it that you, you obviously liked it enough to care and liked it enough to do well to satisfy yourself? You didn't lose. You didn't give up in it. No, 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 no. I got a H H three. I think at the time in the end, uh, but maths is badly taught in my opinion across across the education sector for most of them for the majority of, of cases and i say this not just speaking for myself but talking for the thousands of kids we've taught at this stage the parents the kids like what's happening and how maths is taught if i rekindle like when i was 13 or 14 going into second year algebra in november i'd ro- walk in the door into second year algebra and you'd sit down and it would just maths would just go bang you would open up the book it would go far too fast Mm. You would, the, the goal of the class was to get the chapter finished, a quick test, and bang on to the next chapter. Like if I think about it, it was spe- like the speed 
And then there was the 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 dauntingness of oh dropping to ordinary level or the pass class is so easy and you didn't want to drop to pass and it's this conflict of really the classes went too fast. There was it wasn't taught to be understood. It was taught just to get done. Yeah. The chapters are huge. The diversity of chapters are huge. I think there was fourteen chap fourteen different topics to study in the, the maths junior book. I think between trig, uh, coordinate geometry, you know the crack. But there was fourteen yeah. separate stuff. Everyone felt like you're more jolting on to the next piece. There was not it was not connected, and I didn't understand what we did in coordinate geometry. And we went to the speed of knots. I got forty six percent of my test, and now we're starting trigonometry on Monday. Oh, great! Yeah. <laughs> and- and also, it's so austere, like those, I can remember those pages, those early pages of Matt's textbook in the Junior Cert, the Irish, which is the Irish version of the O-levels or whatever the equivalent is, a test that you get when you're 15. And it's, you know, there's a graph and it's a lines and it's dots, but you've, you've no real idea. And I'm sure the, the thing is, teachers can have to process the syllabus, but you've no idea why... It matters. Like you hear, you remember, remember hearing about Cartesian coordinates and Cartesian plane and all that kind of stuff. We don't anyone talking about what a fascinating person Rene Descartes was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, like these people are philosophers or, you know, I remember hearing somebody talk about the fact that if you taught music the way you teach maths, you'd learn, you spend your whole time studying notes and you'd never hear music. Or you'd never listen to a record. And I wonder whether, if you think about the way musicians learn, not musicians get in touch, I'm sure I've got this wrong, but typically you, you start on one instrument, you get quite good at it, and then it becomes easier to adopt other, other instruments after that. Isn't that right? Like, whereas with maths, we kind of go, well, we need to do this, 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 and this. These are the 15 things that need to be equipped for life. They can't, we can't let them out of first year without knowing what an isosceles triangle is. So let's just, what you're talking about there, that, that, that hurried speed. Whereas if you went in hard on one topic, got confidence and knowledge of the where, the why, the when, the context, and then you go, well, I'm more positively disposed to jumping onto the next topic. Is that something that um, chimes with you? I think what I've learned and how I wish I kind of was back when I was 14 or 15, how I wish I learned this, René Descartes and co and George Boulin co are brilliant. A little snippet of the story would be fantastic, but it wouldn't it wouldn't encourage me to give every Tuesday night for another forty five minutes to go and do algebraic fractions, right? Yeah. God bless René Descartes and all that. But <laughs> I think I'm probably looking at that through the prism of me now, who likes history yeah. podcasts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I was never going to get. I mean, when you're fourteen or fifteen years old, call a spade a spade. You're just looking forward to the Champions League that night and seeing yeah. uh, who Besiktas are playing that evening. Right? Yeah. All I really wish, and I was back in the day that I learned that, like, if someone sat me down and said, "Right, at the two minutes of every at the start of every lesson, we are doing maths today." In your junior search, you're going to have to cover these 15 topics. They're all interlinked and they're all built off algebra. The whole basis is algebra. And you'll see the basis of problem solving and algebra and finding and solving is the basis of maths. That's your that's the basis of maths. And we're going to build it up from there. I wish they said that. I wish every student knew what was going on before we moved on to the next chapter. Mm. And then number three, the most important thing, I wish school maths, just maths, was gamified. I wish it was competitive. I wish a teacher sat us down and said, right, 
this is what we're doing. You don't have to love it. You don't have to understand. You don't have to know the background stories or everything. Take this as a challenge. You're building. It's like Lego, right? And your test is at the end in two weeks' time. We're going to build up towards the test, and you should try and aim for this in your test. And you do that again in two weeks' time. Constantly uh, building towards problem. Every question is a chance to pass or fail. And no other subject is like it. You don't, uh, it, it's so binary and that's brilliant. You can truly see what you put in is what you get out. You don't mm. get that in, in subjective subjects like history or English or where people, it's up to the, it's biased and it's subjective. Maths is just pure and it take it as competitive as, as a game. You can get to a certain level what you want, but this, this is the crack. This is what you're doing and put this in for two weeks and let's see what you get out. And, but with something like gamifying, I presume it wouldn't suit every student. Like, is there some people don't like competing or whatever, but is there a way of making the game fun? I always hesitate to use the word fun in the context of adults talking about what 14 or 15 year olds might find fun. Everybody's going to eat their own face with cringe. No, nobody likes not everybody likes to be competitive, but everybody likes to be engaged, right? And I remember teaching. I remember teaching a, a boy in in, um, in Northside Cork City, and he had uh, selective mutism. He couldn't talk. He was eight years old, and this is just an example I've seen time and time again. But every Tuesday, every Tuesday, he'd be online with me trying to study, like trying to do a bit of maths. He's he, he's crippled with anxiety. He can't talk because the anxiety is off. It won't allow him to speak. But he's nine years old, and he's willing to put the effort in. On his own accord, dad might help him to get online, but he's willing to put the effort in to to learn maths. Mm. He wants to be engaged. I think not, not, not every child wants to be fully competitive and feel under pressure, but everyone wants to be engaged. And you can always have, an, to be engaged, you have to have a goal. You have to know a reason why. But like, you have to know why you're sitting down for double maths on a Tuesday morning inside in school in, 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 in South Kildare and what you're doing, what you're learning algebra for. And whether you want to be competitive or not, you must know what the reason you're here for is. So with that in mind, so the things you wish you knew. So, you know, you, you wish that there was a degree of um, gamifying, that there was a sitting down, that everybody understood, understood what they were what doing they yeah. before they went on. A little bit of the context. How does that build into uh, what you're doing now? So, so obviously the goal, you know, for good or for bad, we have these examinations uh, that people probably put too much uh, waiting on in terms of the rest of their lives. But that is the kind of system. So you're obviously working within the strictures of the reason people hire you, I presume, is because they're worried about an exam and what to get in it. Uh, but you want to give them a little bit of the, the joy and the engagement as well, too. So based on what you wish you'd known then and what you know now, how does how does a typical class go in your online school? In the second half, TJ tells me what Breakthrough Maths tries to do differently and how it's learned along the way. Welcome back. So how do Breakthrough Maths teach maths differently? Uh, people think grinds just about exams. Our most popular year is second year. Okay. And 25% of our 2,000 kids are in primary school, which is probably surprising to many listeners. And it I keep getting this again, anxiety and confidence, and they just need a boost. And he's lost his, he, he or she has lost his way or their way. And 
your question was what how are we doing things differently like what what are we doing to, to deliver how are we giving value to, to to our customers and to the kids um i've learned an awful lot i, I think we, we teach kids in zoom right six or seven kids in a class in zoom and i always thought when i was when i was doing this initially uh, grinds initially that it was all about like get stuck in like give them that bit of a motivation like come on oh, Johnny come on oh, Paul get stuck in you got this yeah. right yeah that's it like, like it's a spinning class <laughs> come on oh boys like I was hurling yeah. away like come on yeah. oh, lads we got this yeah spinning class is right and and you got this and I would go house to house around my local village and I'd be like right they're flying it well done and it would I I would I would finish the sentences of the kids I'd be like so you do x square squ- squared plus three yeah. I, I, and i would i would start the sentence and but and, and they were like uh, three x yeah that's it you got it well done yeah. fantastic and i thought that was the right thing to do and i thought we taught kids and matt and zoom online and that was it was especially in covid it, it was it was fine and then i realized that we did surveys of our kids and i think 68 percent of kids said they improved their maths and 32 percent of them said they didn't that was shocking to me and I was like, no, 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 no. I, 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 we we're making an impact. It's definitely helping, but it's not. It, it for grinds to really improve, people, everyone should get benefit from it because it's extra, mm. and we have to find a better way. Because if it was a shop and you were selling, or if it was a baker's, and you were selling bread, you'd want more than two thirds of your customers to like the bread. That's it. They're buying it. So I was getting frustrated, and and this has only happened in the last year. So this is all new and I'm, I'm open enough to a bit mistake, not mistakes, but like, you know, failings of what we're trying to do. And I had, we had to think about like, what actually is the problem? How can we make kids get better at maths? How can we actually statistically get kids better at maths? And one of the big reasons I big issues with our own zoom, which is the, the same as any other classroom right now in Ireland is I think we call like chalk talk. So dead time, like, yeah. There's too much talking in class and I've researched an awful lot about it. And in terms of it's lectures, lectures and maths do not work. And maths is so practical such, and maths is a skill. And I, I, could, I, could, I could, you could be, you could be blown away by a beautiful uh, lecture in history or, you know, who describes how beautiful Roman Juliet is. And that really seeps into you. Maths, that's not the case. You could waffle to with algebra all day and how beautiful it is, but it's no good to you unless you can do it. Mm. And there's too much chalk talk. There's too much dead time talking. And I want to take, I want to cut about 80 to 90% of the talking in our class by the teacher. And again, that's probably surprising, but for many people, yeah. um, I want to, and we're, we've built our own tech platform that focuses on uh, testing. And I, I think, and testing, and get away from this idea that testing is, is is this daunting, scary thing. Testing should be part of every single lesson. It should be not, it just shouldn't feel like a test. It should feel normal. It's yeah. maths is binary. It's it's pass and fail, right? And there's not, there's not there's very little in between. Yeah. And if we can get our kids accustomed to that, normalize it, make them feel used to it, what a fantastic skill that's the skill of maths get kids comfortable yeah with passing and failing and on and learning from the feedback learning from that instant feedback not yeah. waiting three or four weeks getting instantly and refining your process maths is the only subject really in school that one of the only true subjects where you can truly see the benefits of failure instantly 
Yeah. I love maths for that. That really, when I, when I dug into that, that really excited me. When I really dug into it, that was fantastic. We, we, we piloted our tech in the platform, our tech in the summer. So we, we, we built our own platform and there's a guy called Grant Sanderson. He's in the States. He's oh, yeah. He's got three brown, three brown, one blue. That's uh, right. Yeah. I, I watched his, his stuff on YouTube and I thought that was magic, magic. Like, yeah. I was like, this guy can have his little questions pop up on the right. Everyone gives it a go. And you've got the polls on the top left of mm. thousands of kids. And you're saying A was the right answer. And I was like, wow. Just some fellow yeah. smiling at you, does the maths, but you're actually engaged on YouTube. And, and of course, if you think about it, people watch TV quizzes all the time and are perfectly fine getting the answer wrong. They don't, um, you know, if you're watching The Chase or uh, Tipping Point, you don't spend your whole day kicking yourself over getting a question wrong when you're watching, you know, and you, you, you attempt 35 tests while watching a TV, TV quiz show and you get 15 of them wrong doesn't ruin your day. So is that the, the principle that if a, a child attempts a hundred things over an arbitrary per- period of time, gets a boost out of getting a good chunk of them right, and if they get something wrong, they go, oh, well, that, what, what have I learned from that? Rather than, this is the big test. It's all coming down to this. Uh, and then you wait a couple of weeks before getting your results. Suddenly, the failure is a bad thing. Is that So you're trying to just normalize the idea of attempt give it a go, get your answer, it's right or wrong, next question. And uh, a small bit extra. So I, I, I'd like to, because there's two or three things that are really, really shocking. On average, the studies have done that 13% of males have, have maths anxiety, right? The term maths anxiety, it's double for females. 29% of females have the level of maths anxiety. In 2020 and 2021, when the COVID years, um, it was a 50-50 split of the top grades of Leaving Cert were male and female, 50-50 split. But th- last year, there was a, store, a, a report done by the, the Society of Actuaries, actually, I think. I, I think that was correct. And it came out in the papers recently that um, boys drastically, drastically outperform girls in the actual exam. There's no biological differences between, uh, between uh, boys and girls. And then secondly, when the teachers had to assess the grades of the kids, they, it was flawed. They, they put them all down 50-50, when in fact, girls actually out- underperformed boys. So maths, you have to understand it, but you have to perform. There is a massive difference between learning something and performing. Maths is really about performing. This is really important. If, you, if it's a two and a half hour exam, you've got, what, 14 questions, but you've got every, you know, the, it's broken down into parts. You've got to perform on every single part. You've got to, you've got to face failure or face a problem and go around it every single part and it's specific for maths you can get into flow writing an English essay but maths you've got to face it like that so how would you craft a lesson to, to try and solve that problem and that's what you're trying to crack that's the goal way yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so practically speaking if I'm 13 or 14 or indeed if I'm eight or nine I'm in a zoom call with six or seven others and there's a bit of talking and then there's a there's a little, and now, over to you, students. Have a go. Is it? It was, but then th- there's issues there. Zoom is Zoom is a shocking place to teach maths on. Zoom should be outlawed from every school around the place. <laughs> so uh, here's what happens: Zoom. They open up the laptops. The kids have so much anxiety, and they're, they're 14, 15 years old. They they put their their screen up here so you can just see the top of their forehead and the yeah. chandelier, and like, oh, Paul, that's a lovely chandelier. Uh, can yeah. you can you put your hat on? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my camera's not working, sir. So that's yeah. fine. All right, I get that. And then you you would 
here's what happens in Zoom calls. Uh, Paul or Paul or Johnny, can you help me here? Or or, or um, Anna, can you help me here? And she's like, four second delay, and then bang, hits. Uh, I don't know. Bang, yeah. done. And then how you go around the, the room? How's everyone getting on? How you today, Paul? Grand, yeah. And then no one wants to talk. It's different for adults. We are 14 and 15 years old. I can see the scars from Zoom and over, over COVID. It makes total sense in that context. You're crippled with anxiety. You've got to face these strangers on a Zoom call yeah. and you feel awkward as is. Screw that. Yeah, Kids and you're, you're worried about how your room looks and everything. And <laughs> Yeah, of course, because yeah. you're a kid. Yeah, and it's only rightly so. That's not your fault. That was terrible forcing of kids into that. It's horrible. It's horrible. So that was the first misnomer. Get rid of that. So our lessons, we actually control the, the mic and, and you can put your hand up to speak, but we control everything. And kids love to text mm. and chat. They don't want to talk, but they'll chat to you all day and use emojis and yeah. all that. And they want to engage that way, but not by talking. Okay. That's the first thing. You can't see anyone else. You can only see the teacher. We've taken away all the controls. So it's just you, the teacher, and a question. Like, there's yeah. not much else. You can speak, you can chat, you can, every question you'll have an emoji to talk. Like, how'd you get on there, lad? Send me an emoji. And it's like, yeah. I don't know, a tick yeah. off that, or I was confused, or a mushed up face, or any, you can work all that. And everyone's involved in every question. And you get, when you come in, the teacher explains the topic. And I've, I've read this guy called, I don't know if any of your listeners have heard of this guy called Craig Barton. Um, Mr. Barton Matz. If you haven't, I really encourage you, especially if you're an educator, to read his book. It's called How I Wish I Thought Matz. And it is fantastic. And he he kind of has a blueprint for teaching where you'll always have a hurdle of crossing the echelon of starting. There's a start problem, Matz. Like, where do I begin? And, and what am I doing? Why am I here? What are those my feet? That kind of way, right? And you, you jump in and there's a teacher explains the initial topic. Maybe it's simultaneous equations. And he's right. This is the example I'm going to do today. It's called algebra. This is the stem of it. And it's built off this. And here's here's how I do it. I look at it like one, two, three. There you go. That's the example done. Off you go. Clock starts and then five minutes go down and you get the questions come at you. And they get easier and easier if you're if you're making mistakes and getting it wrong. And it gets harder and harder as you get better. So the system adapts to you and the clock stops after five minutes. So what you have in that five minutes of testing, you've got complete silence. Yeah. You've got a system adapting to the kid and you've got a kid who's feeling the pain of failure, but as a teacher waiting in the background, they can chat to and the teacher, mm. they know, they know there's, a, there's an end coming and the teacher will go back and talk to them after and explain the next topic or, or help them out here. And the teacher can chat away to them. Yeah. And equally there, they can fail privately so they're them getting the answer wrong is not in front of a load of other people oh my god that's actually massive a safe space we call it yeah <laughs> it's really important it's a yeah. safe space to fail and learn yeah because no one can see you you're mad you don't have to be oh here's what happens as well right you're on a zoom call and you're talking away and your mom is behind you eavesdropping into you and she'll give you like she won't give you a clatter but she'd let you know like oh tj he, he wasn't doing anything i heard him on the call and i was like listen it's the child. It's the child who's in the lesson, not you. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. leave him alone. I and and we take all that away, and we focus regimentally on the kid. Yeah, it's interesting uh, when there's so much chat about um, rich online environments and feature rich and uh, replicating, you know, in real life. You've you've actually stripped it back to voice image you know what the what the you know the demo there's obviously a demo bit and then 
silence, which seems to be crucial, um, and then texting, you know, texting in the answer or that kind of thing. Is the silence, uh, is, that, is that something that took a while to twig that actually, because we abhor silence online, we see it as, like, we're, we, we, we we're fine with silence in the classroom. Teacher wants silence. But absolute dead air online is something that uh, we thought you, you don't like it on radio. You don't like it on a podcast. You know, it must be weird in the Zoom call. And yet you you've embraced that silence in between ask the question and give the answer as a, as a virtue. Um, so we're building this at the moment. We have like 300 kids on the platform and this is all this is the concept we're building towards. So we're, we're kind of tweaking at the moment, but we, it will be in place. Silence is a hall like learning in silence and practicing under silence is really important because i talked about chalk talk and dead talk you bias the kids if you keep talking you bias the kids into thinking they know the answer mm. if a kid talks back and is to engaging with you that doesn't mean they're understanding it and it doesn't mean they can perform you're biased into thinking they understand it. Silence and getting the kid to perform and getting a yes, no, correct, is the only true way to understand does the kid understand it. Hmm. That's really, really important. That's that's extremely important. You, teachers are brilliant. I'm not, not here to bash teachers because uh, I get an awful like, abuse on Facebook and Instagram of you're bashing teachers. I'm not. The important thing is teachers can tend to bias themselves parents and students into thinking they understand that they understand the, the subject when in reality when they get the exam they don't mm. and silence is critical here's another thing that's really important people talk about making maths into real life examples and like oh make just make it applicable to real life that is a waste of time <laughs> learning is about getting stuff into your semantic memory what's your semantic memory why are you giving me strange words on a podcast you just semantic memory is long-term memory right you've got episodic memory where you remember i don't know uh, when jfk was shot or where you were for 9 11 that's episodic and it just sits in your your episodic memory but long-term memory is stuff you got to encode into your brain if you give real life examples of why if you put all this effort to make a beautiful presentation beautiful slides beautiful a story around algebra and descartes and all that you it distracts they'll remember that but they won't remember how to do the maths right okay yeah, it's really important. You focus regimentally on the kid and the kid just doing questions and building that skill that those neurons in the brains that are firing right. This is algebra. I know how to problem solve with X and I can apply this now to my, my calculus question. Right. We're looking for this. I get that. That's how you should build it and not talk about a beautiful scenario of George Boole inside an UCC and how he, how he made all this. That's great for a small bit, but yeah. to be honest, in our lessons, no silence and just giving clear questions and kids love it. It's yeah. just clarity. People want clarity. People want to get to the point and get yeah. it done and see exactly where they are. Instant so, feedback. So almost like if you were teaching somebody how to be a carpenter or how to plaster or how to mix concrete, you're not giving giant context about the uh, pyramids or the building of Notre Dame Cathedral in the Middle Ages. They to just, an extent. To, to yeah, an extent. But, but, but maybe yeah. it's context at the start, but for the, the building of the skill, you're talking about here's the thing do it i'll come back to you after a period of yeah. silence how have you got on you've got to show what you've got to show them also what good looks like yeah and that's what the teacher does at the start this is what good looks like yeah and what you know, does um you know you know, so, you, know Pe- you know peloton the the bike in the bike yeah. the bike phenomenon in the states uh, i took i so t- imagine three brown one blue grant sanderson and imagine peloton 
And what I, what I initially concept this was this like the Peloton from Matt's. Uh, what I want you to do is I want to take your kid, they jump online, click link, they're in a class. Uh, you've got this fantastic stru- instructor in the background and they're new see they got a beautiful plot or wherever they are, they are saying, hey guys, welcome, what's the crack? Here we go, we're going to do algebra today. This is the, the first question and give me a chat there, how are you all getting on? Bang, right, let, let, me, let, me, uh, let me start off here. And you get into it and by the end of the lesson, you're sweating. You've done 25 questions in maths. 45 minutes later, like, genie, Max, mom, I never knew I could do that much maths. Oh my God, yeah. how'd you get on? Um, uh, yeah, like it was, I couldn't believe it. Like I, I got, I got a, I was able to do it in the end. It was fantastic. Mm. I want that aha moment. In Peloton, in the States, you've got this beautiful instructor who sits on a bike and he's like, hey, John in Ohio, how, well done to you. You're flying with the, the stats and they can see their stats and they're motivated and there's this beautiful studio. But you're part of something and you are pushing yourself. There's no one going, it's, you can see your stats, you can see you versus the rest. I thought there was gold in that somewhere. Yeah. I thought there okay. was a golden hybrid between this this live instructor and uh, and your own performance. And your instructors, then who who are they? And they obviously have come from Matt's backgrounds, I presume, and they did well. Do they have to unlearn certain things they thought about t- uh, tutoring in Matt's in order to get the the Peloton vibe going? And we want people who are off the grid off the grid in terms of charisma probably would never fit into a corporate job i want a board there's a, there's a famous um do you, remember, you know the institute of education inside in in, in leeson street the founder died uh but he he's a famous quote and it was uh, that a uh, a boring teacher is a bad teacher i remember reading his obituary in there's times like that's great like that that's yeah. fantastic i'll uh, i'll take that and it, it, it rings true I've had we've had teachers who could never fit into the corporate world were teaching the back end in guatemala to kids yeah. below in, in over zoom and uh the kids loved it and they would show them the background of the the palm trees and stuff but then they get into the mats mm. and, and the kids love it it puts them off guard makes them feel a bit more relaxed so he's one of us he's not what i expected or she's not what i expected and off you go and i would have a 50 50 split male to female one important thing that i you know, stamp my, my foot on females need female uh heroes to look up for and i want i want a girl I want more girls teaching maths in our in our in our uh, in our company because it just gives something to aspire to. Mm-mm. Okay. Are you a maths enthusiast yourself? Are you a maths for the sake of it person yourself? Uh, I'm converted. Um, as I said, I struggled, and I. I, I I I talk about it now like like no tomorrow in terms of this. I love the challenge of I'm competitive. So I love the, the binariness of it and what you put in is what you get out. Um, is there a particular area? I, I, I think maths is a bit like Lego. Yeah. And uh, algebra is your Lego. And uh, like you know, any student who starts with us, we go back to algebra and we start with algebra. And I just love how like uh, just moving things across the equal sign. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. just love that. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's very satisfying algebra. And yeah. you should start there. And if you did nothing else, just do algebra and, and you'll have a basis to something. Yeah, because it's it's magic. Like it, the power behind those moving those things from the left to the right, or vice versa, or doing the same thing to both sides of the equation. There's a great kick out of it, isn't there? When it just all solves down to something simple. To wax lyrical, uh, I had uh, like I lived in Florence for uh, six weeks before, and uh, I remember seeing uh, the, the the Statue of David, you know, and uh, like 
to me at the maths and I for the first time ever I was like oh my god my maths brain is kicking into gear for the first time <laughs> ever and I was like look at the angles the size the structure how do, I think maths and art go hand in hand and yeah. like I was like the, the way that the light would come in and, and the angles and geometry of stuff and the linearness of something maths and art are beautiful mm. and uh, when sometimes if I'm on a late night YouTube rabbit hole of some Joyce or whoever um I'm like oh, I can see the maths that's okay so cool. yeah I think it's chapter 17 of uh Ulysses uh has is has a big it's a big spiel of maths really he kind of pukes out a lot of <laughs> mad stuff um about a fellow who's kind of half cut trying to climb over a wall and doing the maths calculations of whether he can climb over the wall or not um sometimes you wonder with Joyce whether he's like just going look how much I know but he clearly loves it uh, where where next for you? So you're building the platform. Is there is there you mentioned a tech platform, or is this a platform by which you can answer questions or record results and that kind of thing? Platform being, you'll have a mix of live classes and teaching thousands of kids with one tutor, but also a place where um, the ki- the most important thing of learning is that you see is active recall. So you should if you should go back and study something twenty four hours later. It's yeah. really ingrained it into that semantic long-term memory. So we'll have a, it's a product. You'll have a live class, but you'll also have follow-up homework, like a TikTok style five minute, five minute video and his homework attached to it. And it actually plays back in real time. It's recorded, but it feels like you're talking to a live tutor and you do your homework and it goes into your long-term memory. So that's how our fundamentally our platform will hopefully, and I need to get research behind it, but will be more effective statistically of teaching mm. maths because of the active recall, active recall of seeing something twice in a week. And number two, you'll have a way better, more engaging, more exciting lesson actually in it. And where it goes in time, um, I, um, I, I, I think like there is, I kept saying this initially, right? That from Balancholic to Bangkok, yeah, there are only two global, true, two global, true languages. And that is, Two languages that anyone can understand, right? And that is maths and love. <laughs> yeah. And we only sell one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not math. It's not love. Yeah. Uh, but maybe the love of maths. There's a whole other websites to, <laughs> catering for that. Yeah. But, uh, it's, there's a chance, like there's issues across the globe trying to find a better way of teaching maths. And that chalk talk, that dead time, that people that they think they're actually understanding maths and they're not, that that day and age, it's so obvious to me that that issue and that people don't truly personalize their understanding. So we're trying to scale it. Um, we've got 2,000 students in Ireland this year. We still don't have product market fit and all that. We don't have our technology fully built. We don't have people biting the hand off us. There's huge demand, but it's not, there's 60,000 students in a given year in Ireland. Why, why shouldn't 10,000 people be using our platform in Ireland yeah. if we're truly the best? So I can waffle to you and say we're going to England and, and I did this before and all this. Uh, that we're exporting like we're not get it right in ireland first and if it, if we can get product market fit of five six thousand students a week using our platform then we're ready to go somewhere and to the states we go i'd say and yeah the states because there's loads of money there's also this this uh the irish americans in the states there's, there's, a, there's a bias towards liking irish people over there and um I think they they embrace they love they love our videos they love our Instagram they love how much energy and passion we have for it mm. and they love hearing all my smoke and I <laughs> I think to the states we go if we can get it right yeah 
I uh, I like the idea that you're um, not ready to go unless it's right. I mean, obviously, what that's not the uh, the unicorn way. What we need to do is do a load of bullshitting, give some get somebody to value your company at one billion, and then and then away you go, uh, sell it, and uh, be an angel investor for the rest of your life. But it doesn't sound like that's the plan. You really mean this, and you want to get this connection with your students right first before expanding too fast with the wrong thing. Because this week alone, 2,000 parents will have viewed our, our platform and I'll be getting feedback and I'll be getting abuse, I'll be getting praise, I'll be getting everything, snowballs. Yeah. And uh, we take that on board and we get it right for the Irish people first and go across. And we're based in like the startup ecosphere in Ireland and we've taken on no venture capital. It's 100% owned, it's 100% uh, bootstrapped. And we've got a team of 14 full-time staff, 32 part-time staff. We're a lovely little team putting together. We've got a brilliant CTO in uh, in in Wicklow, uh, Jag Gunnardana, to give him a shout out. He is an amazing man. This is part of his dream too. Jag yeah. actually studied actuary in in Leeds, and um, personal circumstances allowed. He's got three young kids uh, in, in in and he kind of and this is kind of building towards this. I'm Jag worked in like in a video software engineering in in uh, in the states. So when Conor McGregor was fighting Aldo. Uh, there was pay-per-view and there was it was 80 bucks a pop and there was one million people <laughs> watching it that night so he was in charge of all that and so he's kind of right away from the corporate world and just he, he sees the same problem as me we're on the same page mm. we have a load of issues with technology but we'll get somewhere that is valuable and we're trying to chase it and we bring ourselves down to the ground every single day of the week because until we see this like catch fire until people are loving it and biting the hand off us and we're truly statistically better at teaching maths then we'll go okay right i'm looking forward to it um i've got two kids who are six and eight so i'll uh, sign them up when they're uh, uh sufficiently anxious <laughs> to jump on <laughs> they, seem, they seem happy enough now so i leave i leave them alone for a while uh so it's only when i start getting anxious uh that's when uh, that's when the kids uh are forced onto things uh but it's uh, it's something exciting that you really like doing and you're surrounded by people who also like the idea. So that's BreakthroughMats.com they can find you, is it? Breakthrough Mats. So it's always Mats and Breakthrough. The name, we got the name and um, it's below in a, where is the hotel in Cork? Jury's Inn or something. I wrote to some park hotel and my buddy was like, uh, we're sitting down and we're like, what would we call it? I'm like, uh, anxiety Mats or whatever. Like, we're <laughs> just like something cool. Like, I think we got I got like a turkey and ham dinner and I was like oh, break. my boy said break breakthrough break oh yeah breakthrough ah oh, great so there okay. we go and I, I love the name breakthrough maths okay maybe that's where uh, Google came up as well too at a turkey and ham dinner in the <laughs> hotel you never know <laughs> yeah. they, they, they probably claim it's Palo Alto or or somewhere in Menlo Park but this stuff this stuff happens at, yeah this stuff happens at, at Carveries all over the world okay TJ Hegarty thanks a million for coming into the function room Thank you, Colin. Appreciate it. That was TJ Hegarty there. As I said, we're both from Cork, so we probably talked a bit faster than normal. In fact, if you play it back at half speed, you'll probably find an entire other conversation being held in parallel. As ever, tell your Matsy or Matt's curious friends about the function room. Give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Or if that's too long form, please write an emoji and send it by first class post. I'm Colm O'Regan. Thanks for listening to the function room. <laughs>